Pandemonium Reigns. Hello, family and friends, and welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. We're so excited to be with you tonight. It is a fantastic day to be with you wherever you find yourself. Thank you for um, letting us tickle your ears. The, the, the statements of Pandemonium Reigns, the tickling of ears, which I'm pretty sure the Bible, like, preaches against, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. Forsaking <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> We're psyching it. Uh, listen, y'all, don't go to church and listen to some false preacher and let him tickle your ears. Let us <laughs> do that. Let us do that. That's what we are here for. Hey, man, let's talk Tennessee, but before we do, we need to remind the people. <clears throat> That it's time to like and subscribe. subscribe it is past like. time. Like it and subscribe. Past time. past time, subscribe and like. There's two pastimes in this country. American baseball and liking and subscribing to Pandemonium Reigns. Tennessee, 66. Root, 66. Tigers, cats, meow. 24. Before we get started, bro, I'm starting a timer. I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. I'm throwing trivia at you. I know I did not prepare you for this. That's the fun of it. I'm going to ask the question, and then I'm going to start the clock. You've got 30 seconds. Name, name the five schools with Tigers as the mascot. Go. Clemson, Missouri, LSU. You're this three. is my choke. <laughs> I, 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 the next one was there. That's why I can't think of maybe the other one. The next one was there, and it just left me. 15 seconds. Oh, my gosh. This is how my brain works after 30, and it really started when I was 25. I'm done, man. I can't think of any more because I, number four was right there, and I lost it. So, I'm 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 done. Wow. Wow. Auburn. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the fifth one was going to be the toughest, but I, I thought I knew it was something that you could get. You want to take a, take a shot in the dark? No, because that's the one that prevented me from thinking of Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. The Tigers of Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. yeah. That yep. like my brain was rotating and it just died. <laughs> Hardcore. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to softball pitch this uh, to you. Cause I know you've got some content. I know you're hot. I know you're spicy. I know you're feeling good about what I'm getting ready to pitch to you. Tennessee puts up 66 points on the board and we've taken a little bit of flack for that. Saying, yes, we that have. Was, uh, saying it was unnecessary, it wasn't uh, the nice thing to do, and for you woke people out there, shut up, and then I'll let Michael Please. take it from here. Why was it okay that we hung 66 on the board? Talk to me. <laughs> well, it's okay because, number like, if Tennessee was in the position last year where they beat Missouri and it was probably win number four or five, I can't remember offhand, maybe six. I'm not, no, it had to be like four or five. Mm-hmm. If that was the situation on Saturday, then, you know, maybe I would have some sort of feeling about Tennessee throwing the deep shot. Uh, the, I'll say shots because there was one to Ramel Keaton that's just getting so overblown because of the absolute crescent moon, as you have dubbed it, to <laughs> Squirrel White. But Tennessee needs the freaking style points. They need to impress people. Mm-hmm. And my God, did they ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen. We and I and I think we've even talked about this, but not enough. But you know, I'm I'm here sitting here soaking up this season because worst case, Tennessee has three games left. Best case, Tennessee has four games left. It's it's winding down quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, the end of the regular season is gonna be 
a snoozer at 7, 7.30 p.m. against Vanderbilt. And Let's hope so. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited for this week against South Carolina because I want to see 66 more points. But I, you know, I'm trying to relish this season, how wonderful and unexpected it's been. And, I mean, they, they have an opportunity to put up 66. And I'm like I said, I'm sitting here relishing what we've got left of the season. And now I am struggling to keep my mind off of Joe Milton to mm-hmm. Mel Keaton and Squirrel mm-hmm. White, mm-hmm. you know, whoever else, because this staff can seemingly use any receiver in the building to do it with. Milton, dude, is just dropping it in the bucket. He's done it in every game this year. He did it in zero games last year, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got me excited for next season for one, while I'm sitting here trying to relish everything. Like I said, you know, three, four games left, best, best and worst case scenario. Tennessee needs the style points, man. They got to make statements. The committee said as much in the first or second, you know, outing. They say it every time because it's going to come down to, you know, if Tennessee gets in, it'll be over a conference champ with maybe one loss. USC, North mm-hmm. Carolina, Clemson, you know, mm-hmm. take your pick. Um, they need the style points. Then you got Eli Drinkwitz running that mouth. Jim Rome saying that he took an axe to Rocky Top back in July, say, talking about hoping his record improves because of vacated wins. Mm-hmm. And I'm just blushing almost thinking about if that was my coach saying that, how embarrassed I would be. Woof. But here, here's the one that really gets me. And this is from Jason Lisk. He's a, he's got a check mark next to his name on Twitter. He said, is there a backstory to why Tennessee just did what they did at the end of the game? Or does Hopple want, just want karma to come back on him? Then you've got Chris Falca, the bear, as you probably know him from game day. I genuinely want to know how the coaches on the committee will feel about that. That is a ridiculous statement. He he goes on to say, look, I'm all for letting your backups play, but this feels like a little much. It's ridiculous to even ask about it. Number one, the guy that asked about it that I saw, there's been many others talk about it. It's, it's made its rounds in today's world of social media for sure. If the committee has anything to say about it, I'm going to be like hunting down some committee members, dude. They have absolutely no room to talk. It is set up this way with four teams as it should be, but it's set up this way to where you're going to need some style points. You got to make some statements to get in. Eli Drinkwitz even went on to say in his post game that, you know, I think both coaches said something along the lines of, you know, they're coaching their team. We're coaching our team. We couldn't stop them. Eli Drinkwitz didn't even have a, a public issue with it, but you've got, these morons in today's Charmin soft world, almost cussed right there, man. I'm just telling you <laughs> Charmin soft world that are worried about Tennessee hanging, you know, 66, throwing it deep, make your statement, dude. You got to get in. You got to make a case to get in when you lose a game and your, your destiny is no longer in your own hands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm not even going to take the opportunity to piggyback off that because getting into the playoffs is what everybody is playing for at this moment. Literally. Uh, with this loss against Georgia going against us, we don't get the chance to go to Atlanta. Uh, we don't get a chance to play for a conference championship, unlike a TCU who's going to be doing that, who 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 we are arguably fighting with and competing with for that, for that third or fourth spot. I mean, who knows? Who knows how that week 14 – Michigan Ohio State game is unfold uh, going to unfold, and are they going to hang on to both of those guys and allow them both to be in? You know, they're so yeah, run it up. And second thing, <clears throat> I, have, I have two more comments on this. The second thing is, man, just run your offense. I mean, this this is this is this is what you do. And so we, I mean, 
like if, if 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 the point is just to get Milton in there just to take snaps, then why not do that for Taven Jackson and get exactly. him and get him like game experience, I guess. But it's obvious, along with another point that I'm about to make, that Milton is the guy next year. Oh and, man, and, absolutely. And Squirrel White and Ramel Keaton are going to be a big part of that offense. So get them, get some chemistry built while you can. Yeah, like, like get that Hendon Hooker to Cedric Tillman that was there early this season and was obviously there last season. Get that going. Right. Because Tillman yeah. won't be back. Hooker will not be back. Hyatt probably won't be back. I mean, if he right. does, he's borderline crazy at this point. But get that chemistry going like you're saying. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't. So so it's a chemistry deal. It's a it's a, a stating your case deal. And it's a – it's and it's a – did I say chemistry already? And it's a yeah. – um, um, it's a it's a matter of just just running your offense like this yes. is what we do, um, and and I would say you know I this is kind of the same kind of not the same, I mean you know this but I commissioned um, NCAA football dynasties you know with you in these leagues for forever and the thing defensively was if you don't like what they're doing stop it stop it yeah so. And that's really all I have to say about it. And it's just, it's just utterly ridiculous. Oh, um, absolutely. And you know what? I mean, it, college football, especially in this playoff world, is not the um, let's be Mr. Nice Guy. No. Uh, you know, because if we do that, if we pull a pull a foot off, foot off the gas, the committee is going to look at that and say, oh, well, they let up, you know, they allowed, yeah, absolutely. they allowed this, they allowed that, you know, I mean, are they deserving as opposed to keeping our foot on Eli Drinkwitz's throat and saying, yeah, you're not going to get up from this one, bro. It's nothing personal. We're just trying to get in, right? Yeah. Just trying to and, get in. Yeah, and you just made me think of this because ever since last week when the when the playoff committee put TCU ahead of Tennessee, which in theory, in theory, on paper, I have no problem with. My issue is that they were behind Alabama the week prior. That's just that's that's all I've got with that. But my point is, Tennessee's in this, and, and long has been, danged if you do, danged if you don't. So if you play the nice guy role, if you just run the ball there or take knees or whatever, you know, it, it's they, they struggled with Missouri well into the third quarter. You know, look how close this game was. They're obviously not this, they're not that. And now Tennessee has scored so many points and didn't play the nice guy card that it's, that it's you know, they're the root of all evil and this <laughs> and that. So, um and while we're on TCU, I saw this. I was just doing a quick search of things, you know, that we need to talk about before the pod. I hadn't even mentioned this to you, but we mentioned TCU a couple times, both of us. Wes Rucker tweeted this out. TCU has beaten four bowl-eligible teams by an average margin of 6.7 points. Tennessee has beaten six bowl-eligible teams by an average of 22 points. Hmm. So, like I said, on paper, I get it. TCU's undefeated. They're in line for a conference championship if they handle business. but they even against Texas this week was we're not and we'll talk about it in our non orange cast, but they weren't all that convincing is all. Um, so absolutely play the game out, be as convincing as you possibly can to me. Um, you know, I didn't play the game, but uh, the game of football that is, but I can't disagree with if you can't stop it, then it's that's on you. I mean, uh, absolutely, and and. And there is a, I almost said a stat. It's not necessarily a stat. There is a, um, 
there is a there is going to be a document that comes across the the table of the committee, and it's going to say Tennessee hung sixty six points on the thirteenth best defense in the country. So why would you not hang all that you can? And again, it's not personal. It's not it's not like oh we're just running it up because oh you watch this. It I think listen Hypel seems to be a really good dude, right? And I think that's showing in the culture. It's showing amongst players. They're taking on the identity of Heupel. I just have to believe that Heupel's looking at Eli going, dude, dude, it ain't got nothing to do with you, bro. It ain't. You You were, you were just the next, next next team on the list. And, 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 and in addition to that, I have to believe that Heupel is looking at guys like Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman after they just took one on the mouth the week before, right, against Georgia, and saying, hey, I need you guys to get your confidence back up. Absolutely. So, sorry, Missouri. It's It ain't because it's you. It's just because you were next. I mean, that's really all it is. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a ridiculous conversation. We have to address it because it's been making its rounds, and it's just the weakest thing to me, the, the absolute weakest thing. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Joe Milton, just real quick, because this is a Tennessee podcast, this is especially an orange cast. Joe Milton comes in, throws three attempts, gets three completions, 105 yards, and a score. Just want to say it because I don't give a crap. That's four four yards shy of what Will Levis did on 11 completions and one more touchdown and one less pick. Bro, Bro did that on, what, two possessions? Uh, yes, two possessions. The last two of the game, he throws a, a – again, we're not talking about it because the one to Squirrel White was just such a bomb. But the ball to Ramel Keaton, dude, was like – it was perfect. <laughs> Bro, let's just – I just want to remind you of a text that I sent you uh, <laughs> on the bomb to Squirrel White. This guy releases this ball from the negative 35. It flies uh, up and over uh, the moon <laughs> – lands in the hands of Squirrel Wright, who catches it around around the five. I think that's good for 60 yards in the air. Yeah. And uh-huh. he made it look easy with pressure right in his face. Yeah, it was the like that, you know, that worst-case scenario where the pressure is just closing in. It's not necessarily one guy coming to pop him in the mouth or him, you know, even like from his blind side. Mm-hmm. It's just closing in on him. Yeah. And dude just, I mean, truly just chucks it. I mean, just flicks the wrist and it drops into the bucket at the five yard line for Squirrel White. Yes, golly, man, that was just ridiculous. Yes, yes. So, so while we're on the talk topic of the passing game, uh, we're going to get to Hyatt. We're going to get to Hooker. We're going to get. We're going. I mean, we'll. I'm sure Squirrel White's name will be mentioned again. We're going to talk about Ramel Keaton. We've got some things to say about him, uh, potentially on another whole show. But I just want to say that Brew McCoy is a dog he is a dog dude he is physical at the line of scrimmage like i love to watch guys press him because his hands are so violent yes his ability to rip and swim his ability to come back um uh to uh, to the ball to secure it his hands dude um it's gonna be real fun um potentially watching him next season being wide receiver one Absolutely. Even, even though Ramel Keaton is making a case for that, uh, Squirrel White is, uh, they've got a play in for him and Joe Milton called Crescent Moon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Brew McCoy, like, he's just that guy where when Hooker is in trouble, he's coming back 
he, he his his situational awareness is it's just mind blowing, matched with his physicality, matched with his hands, and the dude's got legs like Saquon Barkley. Yeah, um, dude. I mean, he, he's got a body like a freaking running back. I mean, absolutely. So I can't wait to see that frame because it's it's we haven't talked about it really, but it's super impressive that he's held up and performed as well as he had. I mean, he had nine receptions on Saturday for over 100 yards, 111. Yeah, 111. If if it wasn't for Joe Milton still in the show at the end, if it wasn't for Senior Day and these guys that have been here for so long for Hendon Hooker's last game in Neyland, we could like arguably dub this the Brew McCoy game because he was like. He was like a constant for Missouri mm-hmm. to try to deal with. Mm-hmm. And Hooker, you know, obviously knows he can trust him. And like I said, I can't wait to see, you know, because he he came in late to mm-hmm. this season's process. Um, and it, I think it was a poorly kept secret that he was going to be at Tennessee. But, again, I can't wait to see that body of his, you know, with a year under the belt and the strength and conditioning mm-hmm. back in, you know, just no doubt football shape, football all the time. You know, it's obviously, like I said, he, he kept himself – in pretty good shape to be able to hold up this well over, you know, almost the entire season at this point. But mm-hmm. I can't wait to see that frame. Maybe add a little speed, maybe trim it down a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and and just fine-tune it, man, because he's, like I said, well-trusted now. Everything you said I agree with. The way he works back to the ball is fantastic, and it takes a just committee to tackle him unless it's, you know, Georgia, who doesn't miss tackles. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I mean, you you know the NFL scouts are just drooling when he's standing at yeah. 6'3", 220 pounds, and he runs yeah. the way he does, rotates his hips the way that he does. I mean, I, I don't want to speak this into existence, but he's making a case for a high draft grade. Yeah. Now, he didn't, he partic- didn't participate in senior day because he's only a junior, but uh, – don't be surprised if he comes out. Would love to see him come back. Would love to see him be wide receiver number one. Absolutely. Now, uh, we're going to roll the Jeopardy music uh, metaphorically here in just a second. Uh, but I'm going to ask you and our listening audience, go ahead and take about five, ten seconds and tell me, do you know about how many yards he has on the season? Dang, man. If I if I had just a little bit more forethought, I would have clicked his name real quick, you know, because you can't <laughs> see my hands. You can't see my phone. I would have just checked it. So I'm gonna have to really, really guess here. I promise. I'm, you know, my hands are up. Hands are up. I'm hands not looking. Um, I'm only looking at the 111 he had on Saturday. Yeah. But considering that, considering that this is not his first 100 yard game, and that he's had some pretty good performances here and there, trickled in with it. 475. Wow. <clears throat> the <That's> slow. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I figured it would be. I, that was my fear, but I didn't want to be like 800. 600 yards. Wow. 600 yards. Only good for two scores, but yeah. I mean, with the way that Hyatt has found the end zone, it's, it's kind of, honestly, I mean, I mean, your, your, your biggest competition is not the defense you're going against. It's Jalen yeah. Hyatt. Yeah. Uh, 45 catches, 600 yards, two scores. Um, anyway, just, just a freaking dog. So transitioning to Jalen Hyatt now, seven catches, 146 yards. He only needed 30 yards going into this game to cl- eclipse a thousand. He was like 30. Watch this. Let me add 116 to that, yeah, and, right. uh, and I'll get into the end zone. Watch this. The play where they hide him underneath the guard and the tackle. I mean, it's not like he was squatting all that low, and and, and, right. he, and he stands decently tall at, <clears throat> at, at six foot, but they just <laughs> – they had – like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, they didn't yeah. know he was back there. Yeah. And they and, just wheeled, and- wheeled him out. And it, it's crazy because Brew kind of like runs the a similar or the same route, but 
you know, Jalen's got that speed to break outside quicker. And, you know, the 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 entire defense is looking the other way. Uh, Austin Berlage, Berlage, I can't remember how you pronounce his name, did a fantastic Berlage. thread on this on Twitter. If you just go look him up. Yeah. But basically that that play before was Sampson, you know, bringing him in or motioning him out for, like you know, the swing, the the screen there, getting almost a first down on that. And then probably as fast as Tennessee will ever go, they get into this play. And like you said, I mean, it's just miraculous how they hide him. I don't know how you hide someone this deep into a season when he's, you know, was 30 yards away from a thousand coming in. He had 14 touchdowns coming into the game. I don't know how you hide that person at all. Yeah. But yeah. Tennessee did it and Brew McCoy blocked like a champ on that play. Yeah. Um, once the ball was, you know, caught, just perfection, per- perfect scheme on that play. So Courtney and I went to Wild Wing Cafe later that night, and there is a uh, a Tennessee guy. He's wearing a Tennessee shirt, and he's sitting with his wife, who I'm well, I'm assuming is his wife, and she's wearing a Vanderbilt shirt, which that's the first ever Vanderbilt fan I've ever seen in my life. Never seen one before. Like, yeah, they do exist apparently. Uh, but I sit down, and he spots my Tennessee hoodie, and he says, "How do you not know where Jalen Hyatt's at?" Before the ball snapped, he didn't say hi to me. He didn't say, oh, man, GBO. He just looks at me, throws his hands up. He said, how do you lose – how do you not know where Jalen Hyatt's at on the field? And I'm like – and I knew exactly what he was talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, how do you do that? But what's so beautiful about that and something I've been waiting to mention to you is I'm pretty sure that was the three-play scoring drive. It was like two or three, yeah. It was either two or three. Um, needless to say, the, the the plays that were ran before that on that possession were set up for that play. Most, most coordinators will spend drives setting up a deep shot like that. Yeah. Alex Golish did it in two to three plays. Yeah. And that was just fascinating. And 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 credit to uh who's the guy who's not getting enough credit for that scoring, uh for that score on Jalen High on that play is is Dylan Sampson. Oh yeah. In the plays before that, they caught his attention, right? Because he showed off some speed and now he's Mm -hmm. flashing across. Um, he's running across the right side of the formation. That ball is snapped. Hyatt is sneaking out the left side down the left sideline. All eyes were on Samson, and there goes there goes that man, Jalen Hyatt, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. So let's shift gears now. Talked about Jalen Hyatt. Hand him to Bolitnikov, please. Yeah. Uh, All day. and Dylan Sampson, let's talk about Dylan Sampson for a second. Uh, to me, that performance that he had, eight carries, 98 yards, good for 12 yards per carry and a score with a long of 42, did that not feel to you the way Eric Gray <clears throat> Vanderbilt 2019 did? It totally did. Absolutely it did. I mean, you know, we've heard about his playmaking playmaking ability, even against the ones in, you know, before the season even started. Scrimmages when the when good on good, or if you will. Um, that felt like a coming out party, man. I didn't know this. That was actually his fifth touchdown of the season. I didn't realize he'd accumulated four oh, to yeah. that point already. Wow. All um, right. but dude, I mean, he showed some vision, you know, over the course of, of the the time he was in the game, he showed some very nice vision. He showed off the speed that we've heard that he has. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not exactly just the easiest guy to bring down. I mean, he was, you know, he was wiggly. Yeah. And just, gosh, dude, it's it's crazy that we're in a, a one-loss season right now on a crash course if if things don't go just straight to hell for 11 and 1. <laughs> yeah. And I am so freaking excited about the future beyond because of these yeah. guys like Samson. 
Yeah. All the other, you know, small and rock coming back. Joe Milton yeah. just throwing it to the moon and dropping it in the bucket. I mean, it, the future looks so freaking bright right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just remarkable. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, not to get too big picture there. It it reminds reminded me of that as well. Felt like a coming out party, honestly, because we've seen him against Akron and we've seen him, you know, with those little option features that they would do and things like that. And I think they even ran, yeah, they ran one of those. Yeah. Hooker kept it for a huge game, but I mean, yeah, dude, it felt like a coming out party. I think he's going to be a fantastic volunteer. I'm really excited about him. He he has me all sorts of excited. Now, I, I am excited to have Jabari Small and Jalen right back next year. And just to compliment those two for a second, running back by committee, dudes are getting it done. You know, they're you could argue that they're a little bit undersized in this conference, yeah. but the, they run hard. Um, so – I hate to see those guys go when they do go, but can you imagine the thunder lightning one, two punch? If Justin Williams Thomas can get it figured out you, you, that, that, that body with the speed of contrast with the speed of a Dylan Sampson. Oh my like, goodness. Oh my uh, goodness. Uh, there's a, there's a word that comes to, Oh yeah. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, you know, it's crazy the stuff that pops in my head, but one of our conversations when we were doing our projections preseason was that at UCF one year that one of the years that Hopple was there, they just had like a four man rotation of running backs. No one, you know, was like a, a ten, you know, a thousand, 1200 yard rusher, but they had a fierce, like, I want to say at least threesome or foursome of running backs. And the, the yards per carry was stupid. The, the number of touchdowns they scored was stupid. And like I said, it just, you know, especially with Jabari and Jalen coming back, it feels like that's what we could be heading for. Um, you know, if, if Joe Milton isn't out here, you know, overthrowing the Taliban and Russia. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, just to... <laughs> so... sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was getting ready to segue and, and then blah. <laughs> And then Vladimir Putin just pops into our podcast, right? Oh man! <laughs> so just just props to to Jabari Small and Jalen Wright because those dudes together accumulate over a thousand yards. Five thirty seven for Small, five ninety eight for Wright, and nice. And just so tickled for those dudes. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, I think uh, traditionally, you know, you and I probably want to see one guy hit a thousand. You know, yeah. just for the the for the sake of the way that number looks on paper, right? But man, they're doing it, and and they're they're proving that they're good enough to get it done. And I mean, I just I'm I'm so pleased with those guys. Yeah. Um, one more thing, offensively, before we move on. Oh no, two things, two things. And I've got something as well. But you, okay, yeah, go okay. ahead. I just want to put my hands together for Princeton Fant and make oh, my him goodness. one heck of a catch. And that was just, so nice. Yeah, just I mean. It, that felt like this, and that's right there. Here's how, here's how I want to say this. That right there is kind of what college football is all about. Talk about a guy who's jumped from position to position, right? Who couldn't find a home, uh, lands a home under the hypo offense, <laughs> and on his last day in uh, in Neyland, goes out and makes a grab like he did. He's he's good for a rushing touchdown this year, for Man. a passing touchdown this year, and a reception touchdown. Um, and it's, it seems like it couldn't have happened to a better dude. So, so Completely happy agreed. for Prince Stefan, hoping that he can – I hope I hope he rushes Saturday for, for 200. 
Uh, oh I mean, man, <laughs> you know, what I'm yeah, yeah. South Carolina's toying with Jaheim Bell at, at, at uh, running back because they can't get him the ball as a tight end. So yeah, I hope he goes in and shows them how it's done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, you said you had some offensively as well. Yes, uh, and and just on Dylan Sampson, real quick before we move on from that too far. Um, it, this you know the game was 28-24 when I, I think that was the drive when Hyatt scored the touchdown we talked about when Sampson came in for the first time. And I say that because he came in in the second half of a four-point SEC game. You know, the last time we've really seen him was at LSU, I want to say, when, you know, he had a rough, rough play there when Hendon got obliterated on a, yeah. on a blitz that he probably should have seen. But, it, again, it's I'm just saying it because it's nice to see him in a big moment, honestly, because you and I were texting. You know, I know we weren't the only Vol fans out there that were a little concerned when they make it 28-24 in the second half. Oh, yeah. When – when Brady Cook is doing things and that we'll talk about in a minute, you know, like that looked like last year's defense against running quarterbacks. So, yeah, that was a huge moment for him to come in and just makes me feel really good. Like they may be actually starting to trust him or, or they know they had a boost in him that they could get in that moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, for sure. For sure. Um, really excited about Samson's upside and would not be surprised to see him get more times, more snaps or carries this year. Right? Absolutely. Especially – uh, you would love to see this going into South Carolina and Vanderbilt if he can bear more of a load, and if we're staring at the playoffs, keep small and and right fresh for for that. Yeah. Uh, last thing offensively before we before we switch over, uh, we talked about Milton with his QBR at a perfect one hundred, <laughs> at a perfect one hundred. But there goes Hendon Hooker. There goes that man. And, Dude. Uh, Love that his his last game in, in Neyland Stadium was capped off statistically the way it was, but also that he finally led the band. Absolutely. Uh, and the fact of that, if you are a Tennessee – if you are not a Tennessee fan listening to this podcast, for one, thank you for staying with us thus far. But two, that tells you right there exactly what this school thinks of him what this fan base thinks of him, what his what his teammates think of him, because the last time that that has happened was Dobbs. Did I think so. I, I think so. I think you're talking about a small handful of people in our lifetime who have done this. Hendon yeah. Hooker, Dobbs. I'm pretty sure Dobbs did it. Yeah. Casey Clawson. I think so, yeah. And Peyton Manning. Yeah. And, and Hendon talked about, always wanting to do that because he had seen Peyton Manning do that. And dude, as if I needed a reason to love the guy more, I mean, he's over here talking about traditional things that, you know, was iconic at Tennessee with Peyton leading the band back in the day. And I think we even talked about it. You and I, maybe not on the pod, but wanting to see him do it after that Florida, you know, after the Bama game was unrealistic because of the field conditions, <laughs> but after the Florida game, maybe especially yeah. the game that he had against Florida, but it, it means a lot to me, as much as I already love him, that he was aware of that, how cool he thought it was, that he that was his goal to do it. Yeah. Um, and then again, with my eyes towards the future, Joe Milton's over there just, dude, having himself a time dancing in the background in all the videos that you see. Um, or if it's if you're looking at Hendon's back, Joe Milton's right there, basically the base of the ladder, just having the time of his life, dude. I mean, chemistry is top-notch right now. Things are just so far ahead of where we thought and like i said means so much to me and i'm sure it does to you as well that yeah. that how how much that meant to Hinton hooker because he ain't been here that long and he's just changed everything things have changed drastically under him yep 
Yep. So he went 25 for 35, 355 yards, three touchdowns, QBR, good for 95.4, carried it eight times for 50 yards in the score. Um, now, the problem, the problem with that is, did all the guys who have a Heisman vote watch that game? Yeah. Okay. Now, that's probably a shoe. But here's even still, here's the good news. If they didn't watch it, they can go back to that stat sheet and say, oh, dang. No and, questions here. And, and like it was mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, against the 13th best defense in, in the country. Not the conference, yeah. in the country. Yeah. And uh, so but before we, before we move on, hey, props to Mizzou. I mean, I, I, I think they sh- changed my opinion on them, who they are, what they're capable of. You know, I've been saying for weeks – that that Georgia-Missouri game was was a result of Georgia's just not being able to get up. And I think there's still a lot of truth to that. Sure, But yeah. I think Mizzou also said a case of like, hey, when when we come in hot, like, we're coming in hot, bro. And, yeah. And we're going to hit you. Um, I do think they caught Georgia sleepwalking just a little bit. Yeah. Prop, I mean, props to that defense. Props to them. Um, you know, like my opinion of them definitely changed. They were, they were patient with their offense up until the time that the game got out of hand, which credit to Tennessee's defense for taking steps and the offense for basically not missing a beat in the second half. The only thing unfortunate for Missouri, and I, and I forgot that I want to talk about this as well, is they will forever be associated with, as of right now, the most yardage that Tennessee's put up in a game at 724 as well as, for now, the most points that this era has seen it was 66 points when they gave up 62 a year ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, credit to them. Like I know that things really unwound on them, but I was impressed because Cook was patient. I mean, he did force some throws that probably should have been picked off, but he was patient. They stuck with probably, I think, what was their game plan um, up until, you know, they, they just couldn't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to go ahead and switch to the defensive side of the ball. It seems, it seems like you're there already. Yeah. That, that, that's fair enough. That's fair. As we switch to talking about the Tennessee defense and the Missouri offense, let me take this time to remind you guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, please like and subscribe. Uh, that's all I've got for that. But make sure you do it. Otherwise, I will find you and I'll, I'll burn your house down. <laughs> um, after the Kentucky game, I thought, okay we can play the pass. Yeah. And we've been solid on, on run defense. Coming out of this Missouri game, I kind of throw my hands up again saying, who, what is the Tennessee defense? Yeah. And I'm, I'm just not really sure because is it, is it one of the, have, have we reached that place of here one where we get everybody's best? Is that what's happening? I mean, because we're now a top five team in the country, you know. Oh, uh, got to play Tennessee. Circle that one. We we, we got to bring it, boys. Everything to everything to lose for them. Everything to gain for us. Yeah. I mean, is that what's going on? Because the the Missouri offense has been abysmal. Yeah. At best, and here comes Brady Cook, right? And, yeah. And and, and and my gosh, sixteen carries, one hundred and six yards, right? Yeah, he's decently well, you know, through the air. Nineteen completions, good for two hundred seventeen yards and two scores, a high QBR at at eighty three point three. But I'm just looking at this and I'm going, I, what the heck? I I don't. Yeah. 
I don't understand who, what is the Tennessee defense. No, I don't either. Um, you know, to an extent, I think Tennessee, at the least, at the least, has way, way, way more attention that than you maybe would have considered going into the year. You know, even at the beginning of the year, you're worried about the tempo of the offense. You know that Hooker is just as tenured of a veteran and safe with the ball and can be explosive as much as anyone in the nation. You know those things, but you definitely didn't see, again, Tennessee being at one loss come their, you know, ninth game or tenth game of the season. So I think there's definitely an aspect of that. I also think at the same time that an offense like Missouri's where, again, so much misdirection with the play action, um, you know, a, a dangerous – is dangerous the right word? It might be too strong. But a capable runner at quarterback like Brady Cook, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, Brady Cook is to Missouri on a much smaller scale, essentially what Stetson Bennett – the way that Stetson Bennett loves Georgia, that is Brady Cook's feel for Missouri because he's from there. It means that much to him. He's going to be a good quarterback if, if he's not already one. Um, he can improve, but he's going to be a good quarterback, I think. But, again, I think that misdirection, that kind of – if you're not getting pressure on them, the, they're allowed to do the slow-developing play action, roll-out elements of it. You don't know if he's going to keep it or if he's going to throw it. Um, I, I think that's just a bad matchup for Tennessee, not that Tennessee's defense is so good that many matchups are great for them. But I, I think it's there's a case that it's a bad matchup for Tennessee. There is some talent and speed with Luther Burden, with Cook having legs, you know, that he, that he was – you know, they roughed up Tennessee's rush number on average with like 172. Here it is total. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, 106 of that is Brady cook and he was impressive running the ball, but the leading running back was 10 for 25. So, I mean, that's pretty much par for the course for where Tennessee's been. Mm-hmm. That was the Tennessee defense. That was one of the more frustrating games yeah. for me. I was so uh, frustrated. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially after that touchdown pass to Burden, I, I don't know. I, I just I, – I, I can't – I keep coming back to this thought, well, it's got to be because we hung 66 points and we didn't punt, right? I mean, um, I, I say that we didn't punt figuratively. Like, we, we just don't punt yeah. a lot. <laughs> we, we get in the end zone. Um, and, 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 and the, uh, short amount of snaps as we're getting into the end zone, I'm like, okay, well, that, that's got that, of course that has to play into it. But at the same time, I felt like Mizzou, Mizzou scored about 10 more points than what I thought they should have. Agreed. Now let's, I wanted to mention this and this is a great moment to mention it. The fourth down conversion that they turned into like a 40, 43 yard mm. touchdown. There it is. Was the worst defense Tennessee's played maybe all year and wrapped up in one play where brilliant play call, you know, good job on Missouri executing it. But McCullough should have, you know, at the worst, blown the guy up, if not made a play on the ball. Turnage got lost. I understand he's looking into the backfield. But, and, you know, I give him that. It's play action. That's what it's meant to do for a a guy in that position. But McCullough had no business – playing the ball the way that he did. Maybe he was a little late getting there, and I'm, you know, just remembering it this way. But he had a chance to at least lay a big hit on the guy that's looking up for the ball, trying to locate it. Turnage, like I said, got ran by. But, you know, that that definitely shouldn't have been seven points. They may have scored on it later because it was a fourth-down conversion. But that's about as bad as Tennessee's played defense on one play wrapped up in, in for the whole year. Agreed. And the way it unfolded, the, the bumping into one another – 
um, allowing that. I, I feel like that score never should have happened. Yeah, um, I'm with you. And I, and I don't feel like that's a reach or a stretch. I just don't feel like that should have happened. Yeah. Uh, but defensively, uh, I'm just going to throw a couple names out there and you just you just piggyback. I'm still in love with Aaron Beasley. I love Goodness. his physicality. I, I love what he brings to the table. I love the 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 possibility of potentially having him back for 23. Um, absolutely love him. And I just want to say the way that we talked about Princeton fans, kind of want to say the same thing about Tyler Barron. Like, hey, man, yeah. dude, good for you. You got home. Um, you were in the backfield a couple different times. You were able to get home one time on a sack. You are only a junior. But I don't feel – I'm coming at this from a different light than I said I would as when I was comparing him to Prince of Pant. <laughs> I mean, when you come in at 6'5", 260, and you have, the, you have the speed and acceleration that you do when they're moving you inside, outside, I do you just feel like you're underperforming? Yeah, just a little – yep, just some. As a whole, I was excited to see you uh, finally get home. I'm going to use that – to to <laughs> segue into a guy I am so excited about as we talk about the future. Barron was one of two guys to get home for a sack. The other guy, James Pierce. Oh my gosh, dude. I am so excited for this guy. He he's hungry. Like he when he gets in, like he wants it. This is not yeah. this is not garbage time for him. It doesn't seem no. like not, by, not according to his body language anyway. When he wants in, he wants in the backfield. He wants to make a statement. He wants to make a play. And the dude is 6'5 in a lean 220 yeah. with, his, with his hand in the dirt. And that's what blows my mind because Barron is 6'5, 260. Yeah. I'm so excited for James Pierce, though. Oh, uh, man. I'm jacked for this guy. Having, having Pierce and Joseph's just having them be in the same class is so big because yeah. their their entire careers are just going to be, a sh- you know, right there alongside each other. Whether, you know, maybe one of them leaves early down the road, you know, goes to the league, I don't know. But we're going to get three or four years of those guys maybe coming off of opposite edges, I don't know, or being, you know, one's featured here and there, the other one's used in the other moments. But having them in the same class, dudes that they just have that right now, like you said, lean body top with speed off the edge that's what Tennessee's been missing you know and Tennessee certainly has needed more on the interior of the defensive line as well and they've got it this year they've got pretty good play out of uh they've got Omari Thomas's best football of his career they're getting things out of DJ Terry which is phenomenal which is awesome because Mm -hmm. of where he came from and everything um even Latrell Bumpfus you know Barron's occasionally successful on the inside but but again, having those guys that are that lean build that have that speed off the edge is what's I think really going to cause problems over the course of of three or four years. And here I go looking forward again. But yeah, man, when when he gets in there, he's like, I don't, you know, I may not have many opportunities this season. I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah, and that that is just what he does every time he's in there. Yeah, and I mean, we're potentially looking at him being a starter next year. It's either going to be him or or Joseph's on that side, right? I mean, because- yeah, I would think so. Because it's probably going to be Barron returning on that on that opposite end, but I I do think Roman Harrison will be back, so you know maybe Roman Harrison have a, a bigger yep. role, yeah, um, yeah, yep. But I mean, at the same time, you know we're seeing we're seeing bursts out of those guys that we maybe haven't seen and definitely haven't seen consistently from Roman Harrison. Mm-hmm. So, dude, it's just going to be it's just going to be so fun to watch. You know, I talked about getting Brew in the in the 
weight room and uh, strength and conditioning for a year with those guys, man. And again, for two or three, at least two, if not three more years of that, it's going to be special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping it on the defensive side, Christian Charles made a return uh, getting this. Did he get the start? I'm drawing a blank here. I want to uh, say Turnage and um, Slaughter might have started at corner. Correct. Yep. And he came in. He came in still pretty early, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on on his return, how he did, or, or that if you just want to talk about the corners as a whole? Yeah. Um, and when we talked about the play where Missouri converted the fourth down a few minutes ago, this popped in my mind of how bad that Luther Burden touchdown where he got the ball early there, swinging it out, how bad of a matchup that is for a Danico Slaughter that's new to the position and, you know, been playing all over the defensive secondary. Um, you know, I thought the defensive backs were okay. Um, nothing, nothing great, but I am, I do remain encouraged by they're, they're getting closer, you know, when a Brady cook or when Will Levis or someone throws it in their vicinity, they're making better breaks on the ball. I feel sure. like that's a good point. Especially, yep. especially Brandon Turnage. I mean, our, earlier in the year, we were just like, where's he at? You know, everybody was. He um, left two. He left two on the oh, field. He did. He sure did. But just the way maybe they're maybe they're at this point, it's clicking better. I don't know. Um, but, again, I think there's going to be matchups like that burden matchup for Slaughter that's just not ideal at all. Like we saw it against Georgia with McConkie and, you know, a technical receiver or one that's just has a ton of wiggle. Won't be a great matchup for him. Yeah. Um, but, again, you know, overall – wasn't their worst game to me. I mean, yeah, it was frustrating because of Missouri's offense and, you know, again, just how they send so many guys in different directions and there's always a guy sliding across, it seems like, with that play action, frustrating matchup. But, you know, I think a fairly average game for them kind of with the way this season's gone. Mm-hmm. Isn't, it, isn't it funny how how different those, those corners, all their personalities are? Because you've got a Haddon and a <laughs> Charles who – they don't they don't they don't want to get beat get beat get beat deep they want to kind of stay on you stay at your hip they want to cover you well turnage wants the ball oh yeah turnage wants the ball man Danico wants the ball and he is he willing. wants the ball and he wants to decapitate you yes and he is willing they're they are going to break on the ball and, and I think they are okay with allowing you know uh, uh, the ball to get by them uh, for a potential catch or for a potential big play. They are very aggressive. Um, That's a great and, point. And Turnage really showed that on Saturday. He wants the ball. Yes. Yeah. He, he wants to get off the field. He wants to hold the ball up in the air. He wants to say, I have this. You don't. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he strikes me as that personality, as again, as opposed to a Haddon uh, and a Charles, who we're more bend, don't break. You know, yeah. we're not, we're not going to let you. We don't really want you to, to do these sort of things. We're going to win as a unit. Turner's just like, bump that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and, you know, just again, a guy that I'm going to be excited about, it's going to give me more reason for encouragement going into next year, where this year we were like, all right, we've got Warren Burrell. He's been here for a long time, and, you know, Mm -hmm. this and that. We've got Christian Charles that has never played the position before. We've got Haddon that we've seen at safety and then inside. Uh, We don't really know what we've got, but I feel good about Brandon Turner's for next year. I think Slaughter will probably be looking at maybe a move back to safety next year, but Man, with all the fresh, with all the recruits coming in at that position, with all the freshmen that are there now, just again another position that I'm going to be more encouraged about going forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be weird seeing a Tennessee defense without Jalen McCullough and Trayvon Flowers in the backfield, but again, potentially we could 
we could see a return of Jalen McCullough as he did not participate in senior day, which yeah, I don't hate that. I don't either because don't of that, that communication. And, you know, he is, is not usually going to get beaten over the top. He's going to get beaten on stuff where he maybe is late making a decision over the middle or in front of him, but that leadership and communication, I wouldn't be mad to have that for another year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't have too much left. Uh, I do want to – there's another player, and this is probably the first time I've ever done this. I'm going to highlight a non-Tennessee guy here. Uh, Luther – shoot, his name escapes me now. Burden. Burden. That dude's a a baller. He's he's going to be playing on Sundays. Oh, yeah. And I would love to see him, not because he's in the SEC East and we're going to see him annually. I'd love to see him – somewhere else <laughs> oh yeah you know and, what i'm saying you know a select few places if it's not going to be tennessee but absolutely i think he's he's got the potential of of like to be used this way i'm not saying he's this guy but you could use him like debo samuel and and i mean arguably that's the way missouri started their season they were like we're going to force this guy the ball out of the backfield you know wildcat quarterback we don't care he's getting the ball Dude, i mean i think he's got that capability of being used that way if if he has debo in and we'll see but he is a baller. Um, I understand why they're so excited to have landed him and you know, what a big deal it was to land him. Uh, and I'm with you. You know, it'd be fun to see him in a more explosive top offense. And, and again, if he wore an orange jersey while doing it, that would be fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's fun Hook to him, watch. Right? He's going to be a baller. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. Go Beavs. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I got you. Hey, there is a stat out here that I do want to throw out before we hop off here. We accumulated 724 yards of total <laughs> offense. Uh, we were 28 for 38 passing amongst Hooker and Milton. We ran for 264 yards on 37 attempts. 7.1 per rush. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. But there is a stat here that is just wrecking my world. And I had this in my notes for me to mention, and I'm just now remembering we were four for 11 on third down. Wow. That is bonkers. That is absolute <laughs> one of three on fourth down. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's insane. Probably, I man, it didn't feel like it, but I guess it was maybe one of Paxton Brooks' more busy days. I reckon so. I mean, he at least punted twice, right? I, I guess so. Let's see real quick. Um Paxton Brooks, Paxton Brooks, where you at? Two punts. Okay, so I was, I was, I was thinking yeah. more than that based on those numbers, but yeah, wow, four of eleven, not our best yeah. day, and I think that's where that that Missouri defense is mm. taking taking big steps. They've they've shown it against other teams, but and I think I think we established in our in our preview that forty points to Kansas State in week two was the most they had given up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that just that died hard on Saturday. But, yeah. you know, still, you can still see the steps that they've taken. I mean, last year, I think Tennessee probably had 700 in this exaggeration, but I think Tennessee ran for about 700 yards last year alone. It felt like. <laughs> Tyon Evans by himself, right? Yeah on, yeah. on one play. Yeah. 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 Had you told me going into the weekend, keeping in mind that it's the 13th best defense in the country, and you tell me we're going to go four for 11 on third down, I'm going to go, oh, crap. Yeah. 
I'm worried it's, at that point. It's either going to be it's going to be be like a 28-14 win or it might even be a loss. Yeah. That, that 4 for 11 on third down is just mind-boggling. To Absolutely. Me, to turn around and accumulate 724 total <laughs> yards of offense. Oh, oh my man. gosh. So it's funny um as we start to hop off here uh, Joe Milton was scrolling through Twitter and he saw all the praise about Will Levis and he was like, coach, put me in. I got something to say. <laughs> He's like, all right, what you want to run? He was like, what you mean? What? I want to run Crescent Room. Throw that. We're throwing that thing. <laughs> we chucking that thing. Oh my gosh. Oh dude. my gosh. I, um, uh, I'm excited. I was nervous going to this Missouri game. I'm a little more excited going to the South Carolina game. Yeah. Um, as of right now, I think that Brady Cook is a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. Uh, yeah. But I'm I'm setting all that up to say this, even though that's kind of off topic. I was fully expecting, I have been fully expecting in these last three games, D. Williams to get a house call on a punt return. And there were several opportunities where I thought he's at least try to return this, at least try to return this. And he just didn't want any part of it. So a little disappointed in that. I'm not sure if that was just a coaching decision. Uh, saying, "Hey, we don't we don't need this. Just don't put the ball on the ground. Um, field it. Let's get our offense on the field." Um, I'm not sure what was going on there because I could think of at least two in my mind where I'm going, "He's got space," and he yeah. just he, he was quick to fair catch it. Uh, so I'm I'm banking. I would I would put some money on oh, man. a D. Williams money. house call next Saturday or one against Vanderbilt. I absolutely would too. Um, and, and I remember thinking that a couple times as well, like, you know, that boy, that was a quick trigger on the fair catch there, but probably a coaching move with the wet conditions earlier in the day. I think it didn't rain necessarily all day, but you know, it was, it was raining early on and probably, you know, just a dreary day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then some of the times that I caught myself thinking that I was like, well, they closed in really quick at least, you know, it doesn't make me feel too bad for him fair catching that. So, I mean, there were some some quick ones where they did close in quick, but um, again, two off the top of my head where I'm going, you have space. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably just, you know, as that game kind of maybe got closer, just don't, yeah. Like you said, don't put it on the ground. Don't give them any, any extra possessions. Yep. 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 Well, hey, that's uh, that's going to be the end of it. I do want to make one final thing that we were able to knock them out of their offensive game plan uh, pretty early or at least midway through the third quarter. So uh, that was encouraging. Props to Mizzou. Uh, they are better than their four and six record. They are. Better than the four they and sure six. They sure are. They are not what their record says that they are. So um, doesn't mean I like Eli Drinkwitz. Mm-hmm. No, I, I respect him a little bit more, but – Still don't like him. You know, I noticed him over there and his angle lost. His shoes were clean, but all I could hear every time I saw him, you know, squatted down like he's like he's about to go in for the play. I'm like, yeah, he's going to talk about these shoes to recruit tonight. And that already annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, oh, thank man. you so much for spending your time with us. This has been an Orange Cast brought to you by Pandemonium Reigns. Make sure you like and subscribe. If you hate us, you will not do that. You will not like the button. You will not subscribe. You will not do that if you hate us. But if you love us, you will. Um, I'm going to need Penny Walker to pick her game back up and start telling all (laughs) of her friends, right? Yeah. Get us some momentum again. We are so close to that thousand download marker. um, And it would so, so help us if you guys would just like and subscribe to the video. Tell somebody right now. Pull over if you're driving. Pandemonium must rain. Pandemonium Because 
Mike is a beautiful man, and Dan is a hillbilly. So, with that said, we love you guys. Have a fantastic week wherever you are. God bless, and go back. Pandemonium reigns.